everyone and welcome to the office podcast my name is lelo boyana and uh as usual i'm with my mates <laughs> lighting and gear hey guys hi lelo hey welcome I'm back yeah yes, welcome back it's good to have you back <laughs> you're having fun without me kilibon there were parts missing in there that voice was missing bro that voice was missing. <laughs> <laughs> so you but how are you doing I'm good, thank you. Um, happy to be back. Are you guys surviving with these lockdown? We're now on level four. Does it make a difference to you? Uh, I don't think it's going to make a difference to me. I'll definitely be working from home still. I don't think I'm going to move into the office anytime. I can still work from home. Yeah, me too. I think I'm also in the same boat. Yeah, like I actually think I'll be working from home up until maybe it's like completely clear because I'm also very paranoid. So. I'm sure. like I'm not going outside here because I hear people are not even keeping personal space at this game of all places. So, <laughs> oh yeah, there's some infections. There's some infections at this game in Boxburg. So, it's it's it sucks that the places that you have that you have to get your essentials at are affected in such a way. So, mm-hmm. and we're still yeah, about hundred infections in the retail sector. Yeah, I believe even even Boshop, right? So it's like we're not even protecting the people that we you know, that are helping us get essentials during this, 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 this lockdown. Anyway, mm. so we will talk a, a little bit more about, um, you know, the, the, the lockdown and what's happening now. But as you know, we have to always start the show with Know Your Continent. Are you guys ready? Yes, I have been waiting. Okay, so this one is not Corona related. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. So this country, obviously, it's in our continent, Africa. The capital city was developed as a as a port for the slave trade. The capital city was developed as a port for the slave trade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Slave trade. The region mm-hmm. was a French colony for 58 years between 1900 and 98 and it became independent from France. On the 1st of August, 1960. It's Ghana. No, it's not Ghana. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ghana is not a French colony. I said slave and you are thinking Ghana. You are I'm thinking Ghana. I'm thinking Ghana. No. It's in West Africa. West Africa. West Africa. Uh, yeah. Um, right? No, it's not Sierra Leone. We had... Yes? We, no, no, we had Sierra Leone in the last episode. Um, so cotton is their main export, ne? Cotton. But cotton they, also rely, okay. <laughs> they also rely on agriculture and, you know, some regional trade as well. Mm-hmm. It has a 121-kilometer coastline. They have a high fertility rate. In that country, an average of five children per woman. <laughs> That's an interesting fact. The literacy rate is 38.5%. Tanzania. No, Tanzania is not West Africa. Tanzania West Africa. Oh, that's East. Sorry, guys. And only 4.5% of the population uses internet. Yo, that's sad. It was formerly called 
Dahomey. I don't know if it's Dahomey. D-A-H-O-M-E-Y. Dahomey. Oh, yes, yes. Ooh. Is it Chad? No. So the country has a long history of, uh, with, long, with, with slave trade, obviously. The Republic of Benin. Oh. oh. And I was actually doing a project on them the other, just last week. Damn, that's sad. Okay, yes, so Hi guys, disappointing. Why thinking you're too busy focusing on Corona? <laughs> I think that is the problem. We are busy focusing on Corona. Oh shame, man! But the, no, the fatality rate, one. Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> Average five children per woman. So that is very interesting. Uh, so hopefully we've learned something about Benin today. Mm-hmm. Yes, I definitely. Think. Awesome. So now we move on to the office discussion. In the midst of uh, our own stress and fears, we acknowledge the material impact our financial situation has on you and your businesses and the devastating effect our decisions will have on your operations. We can only sympathize with you. Excuse me. We hope that we'll all emerge from this and get an opportunity to repair the collective economic damage. Management and the board of Edcon wishes you and your employees and your families safe good health during the upcoming weeks. Thank you all for listening. Uh, what are we talking about? So, hey guys, obviously, corona it's corona, corona, corona everywhere. Um, and just yesterday, um, Ministers Patel and Lamini Zuma um, announced that we're moving to level four of the lockdown. Um, the president also had his speech on um, his address on Thursday and Tuesday last week as well. So it's just been a lot of changes. And also they've actually even put out a call to the public to contribute to the, um, to the lockdown le- regulations um, moving forward. I think the deadline is the 27th, which is tomorrow, the 27th. Really? Uh, Wait, I didn't see that. Um, so I'll share that with you guys. Um, and I'll also share it on the Office Podcast um, um, social media pages, but there's a there's been a call to the public to participate mm. and to give their comments on how they see the regulations being um, adjusted, because obviously, and I'm and and I think it's great because everyone's just been commenting and complaining, and you know, um, so I think this yeah. is a time for the public to come through, give their submit their um, suggestions on how they see things working, because I have honestly, a we need wine. <laughs> there you go. So we must, submit, we must submit that suggestion. So I think it's great because, if, you know, obviously this is a trial and error for everyone, including the government. Um, Europe in itself is a mess because it's exactly that, trial and error. Um, there's mistakes being made, but it is what it is. So I'm hoping people do um, actually submit the, those suggestions. I'll share it with everyone as well, just the link. Just to say, I saw the media statement yesterday after that press briefing. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, just to go back to the days of just before the the lockdown, you know, someone tweeted the other day, like, have you checked up on your manager? Has Have you, you know, checked up on your manager and how your manager's doing during this difficult time? Or have you checked up on your boss during this difficult time? And I was like, hmm, actually, do people actually think about their managers or their, their leadership during um, this period? Because obviously they probably like monster they're seen as monsters at the moment um Mm -hmm. and another reason why i think that today's topic was relevant is because just before the lockdown um you guys would have heard that um clip that we just played um 
by so the look here. why do you say why do do you say people are seeing their managers as monsters right now um so because for example um i've heard there's a lot of retrenchments taking place there's a lot of job losses so naturally um in a process of anger or disappointment it's almost like are you as a leader doing do the, your best to you know to to salvage the business are you as a leader um trying your best to make sure that we get paid um there's a lot mm-hmm. of pay cuts happening and in retail as well um i know there's a there's a lady that we chatted to in retail who said that um 500 jobs in her business where she works has already, have already been have already been lost and already in those conversations there's so much anger and disappointment because in their heads oh management is getting paid or management is is um they're sorted they drive fancy cars live in big houses but we're the ones struggling at the bottom you know so i think at the end of the day you always have you always have to remember that this is something new that everyone is experiencing um and we're all human right so they there are some challenges that everyone will face on all levels and you could have you would have heard as well in that extract that we played with the Edcon CEO um you know from 702 with Bruce Whitfield the you know grant was crying literally and i think that just reminds us again that guys gushubile like it gushubile on all levels i don't think it only affects lower end or top mm-hmm. end or middle it affects all of us i don't know how you guys see it yeah lighten like i i feel i feel like it's very crazy and i think uh, the specific industries that are going to be hit way more than others like the um, retail industry and the restaurant industry they're definitely i don't think other restaurants are going to open actually because i mm. you know i don't see it working because if they didn't even have facilities to because now it's stage four that we're allowed to uh they're allowed to open but only for delivery and if this carries on for another month which means that it's it's what like three months now if they didn't have any facilities to um provide deliveries so you know they're also lagging back another month and it's just three months of no income completely and i'm not sure if they're actually are paying rent or if they're getting rent cards from their landlord so it's it's going to be quite um tough on on those industries and yeah it's it's bad guys it's it's really really bad and i don't yeah. know I also don't think even those restaurants not all of them are going to open I mean some of them are probably going to think about the operating costs uh mm. for you know how many orders are you going to get in a day so is it even worth it to to open I mean mm. I was thinking about Abu Abu Flight Center guys what are mm. they doing right now what are they, was, what's happening in that space So I was actually chatting to someone who's in business development um at that organization um and she was just telling me as well how tough it is like she was like wow it's tough and it's not going to look good for the next 18 months they really predicted that there's going to be, it's going to take about 18 months to 24 months to actually recover from this and it's surprising because it literally took 6 months to to destroy this entirely mm-hmm. but it's going to take us about 2 years for them yeah. to actually recover so then obviously mm-hmm. retrenchments are going to be imminent i've got someone close to me as well who's in travel um who relies on bookings um and you know there were a lot of a lot of cancellations and even from the airlines it's a little bit hard to get a refund so it's a bit of a mess you know mm-hmm. um and sometimes and i know that a lot of the management teams are trying so hard to communicate as much as possible 
yeah. not always easy. It can be just as hard for them because things change for them as well. Today, there's a ministerial briefing. Tomorrow, the levels change. The, the mm-hmm. regulations change today and tomorrow. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, it, it must be hard. Yeah, it's very hard. So you had a discussion, though, with, with a CEO. Tell us about, about her. So we, you had a discussion about, you know, how the, the impact on, 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 on business. So we definitely wanted to get into get insight into the mind of business leaders, um, you know, just to get a sense of where they're at, what's keeping them up at night. And so I had a chat um, or getting into the mind of every business leader around the world. Um, you know, does again, does anyone ever check up or ask their boss how they're feeling or how they're doing? Because in as much as this lockdown has got us under the weather, it must have some effects on them as well. So I got to chat to Diane, um, who's the CEO of Instinctive Partners Africa, and she's the head of people and culture for her, the Instinctive Partners Global. Um, and she's got about 20 years experience and she's led teams in different sectors, both in, in the UK and Hong Kong, and she's currently based in South Africa. Um, and obviously as someone who says that she's th- she thrives in unlocking potential and, la- and enabling measurable growth, this must also be a difficult time for her. So I figured this might she might be a great person to speak to just to give us insight into what she thinks um, is a way forward for businesses and for leaders, but also just trying to get a sense of what is she was keeping her up at night. And this is what she had to say. Diane, welcome to the office podcast and thank you for taking time to, to speak to us. Thanks Kia. And thanks for your time. Um, last night, um, I know that the president made an announcement on the gradual lifting of the lockdown. Um, South Africa's currently sitting in, on level four. Um, we have been moved from level five as described um, by the president. He's also detailed some initiatives put in place earlier on in the week to relieve both businesses and citizens over the next few months. Can you just briefly um, share with me your initial sentiments post both these announcements um, in the last week? Sure, no problem. I think, let me just... Um, state from the outset that I think that our president has done a remarkable job um, to steady the ship. Um, I know how difficult it is to be able to steady a ship having to deal with uncertain environment with no clear end to it, um, where you're going to have to make some very hard decisions and you know the impact of that on the people that you are leading. So I think that that's been remarkable. What I think, um, so the stimulus package that was announced on Tuesday, I think was a great relief. I think um, the big challenge that we have as a country, though, is just how we're going to implement it. So how are those funds actually going to reach um, the people on the ground? How is it going to get into their hands? We've seen some councillors hoarding food parcels. We've heard some of those stories. Um, so there's a real challenge, particularly coming out of the state capture, as to how we're actually going to use the mechanisms already in place mm-hmm. to get the most needy the funds they need to survive. Um, and I guess that that's the question that most businesses have at the moment. Um, the announcement yesterday was, I'm sure, um, some relief. Um, I know um, that we've all been looking for some guidance in terms of what this might mean uh, for South Africa. So understanding that there will be some light um, softening of the restrictions. Mm. But again, there's quite a lot of um, uncertainty as to what that means. They've talked about the national level coming from five to four, but what does it mean for the municipalities or the regional areas? So how are they going to play that out? 
if they have a recall to a higher level, how are they going to get the businesses in those areas to suddenly close doors and, and lockdowns? So I think there's still a lot of questions that need to be answered. But certainly we need to start getting the economy going. We have 10.3 million people in the sort of informal sectors of bars, restaurants and delivery that need to get back to work to try and earn some money. And mm. then obviously there's the real challenge around the education. So some, some work to be done. That's true. And I think, um, I know one of the reasons why we wanted to speak to you, especially as a business leader, is because of the fact that we had um, obviously had, you know, had heard about the Edcon CEO's conference call with these suppliers, um, where he broke down, um, obviously explaining the severity of the situation during the lockdown and post lockdown. So we do know that a lot of industries are highly impacted by this. And it's going to take South Africa a long time to, to recover and get us back to where you know, we would ideally like to be. Um, but, you know, bringing it back to you and closest to you and how you operate as a business leader, how have you seen COVID-19 impacting your business um, and your people? So you have referenced the EdCon call, and I think that that was certainly the interview with Bruce Whitfield and Grant Patterson highlighted early on the devastating impact of COVID-19. Um, and I think that what it did, it, it, it made it very human for all of us. Um, often mm. uh, leaders um, purport to have all the answers or certainly try to show that they have a sense of control over this. And what this meant is that there was, there's no control. It's a virus that is impacting South Africa and the world and yeah. creating devastation. So it created a human side to it. Um, and... I know of employees on the other side where Grant displayed a real human side to talking to the suppliers and the impact it was going to have on them. I also know of the other side where employees have been informed they've been losing their jobs by a WhatsApp and, and a company-wide email. So crisis of this magnitude brings out the best and worst in leadership and people. Um, but it certainly highlights the need for leadership to possess a high degree of emotional intelligence and integrity mm. in order to lead their team through choppy waters. We still have to build brands. We still have to survive the storm if possible. And in some way, we still need people that are going to stand behind us and will be committed to helping us rebuild after this. So what we do now will determine how well we can rebuild in the future. Mm, that's, that's, that makes a lot of sense. And I know that, um, and this is why we wanted to chat to you again, is that human element. Um, we tend to think that business leaders are robots so we don't actually see them as human anymore but actually the reality is that you are humans yourself you've always you've all come up the ranks um and in as much as we think that you might be these uh horrible people with no feelings the reality is you know it does become a bit of a challenge to you as well um but since the start of the the, the pandemic and the challenges that all the businesses have been seeing what has been your biggest challenge as a ceo during this period um what's currently keeping you up at night I think there are three focuses for me um, that are, are, are the challenges. The one um, very important one is my team and how do I keep them safe through this time? And that um, safety isn't just from a health perspective, it's also from a mental wellness perspective. There's undoubtedly an unknown element of how this is going to impact people from a mental wellness perspective. Mm. Isolation is something that I don't think inherently we are built for as social beings, um, but also we need to know that we are cared for and, and thought of. And we have a lot of young staff in our business that 
haven't had the opportunity of developing coping skills. They, they don't know what it looks like to survive a crisis. So we need to be thinking of them at all stage and also how long this will continue. Um, the other is keeping the business steady. Um, mm. And that I wish somebody had a crystal ball for. So the best that we can do is to work day and week in terms of reforecasting numbers, looking at our cash flow, ensuring our balance sheet is in a sound position, mm. um, and also keeping our employees up to date with what's going on. Because if a, dis a difficult decision does need to take place, where I've seen it take place the best is where the employees have been invited to participate in coming up with some of the solutions. Mm. This is brilliant. So, while we are fortunate enough not to have got there yet, uh, we don't know how long the lockdown's going to, to go on for, and we don't know how our clients are going to uh, respond to it. And then the last is our clients. You know, we need to know, they need to know we're going to be around for a lot longer, and mm -hmm. they know that they're going to need to be able to depend on us to be a safe pair of hands. And so we will need to start thinking differently for them. And as a, you know, as a leader, uh, part of a global organization, do you then have any advice or last minute advice for any other business leaders um, on surviving these choppy waters? I think that um, we need, as leaders, we need, to, we need to be okay to be human. Uh, we need to be okay to express that we may not have all the answers right now, that we're working very hard with the information at the time. Um, we also need to be able to help people know that we at least are steady at the front. We may not have all the answers. We may not know what is ahead, but that we are steady and we are, are leading the team with a steady approach to it. Because the thing is that people need to know that somebody at least has their eye on the ball. Um, and I know this sounds um, flippant, but there will be an end to this. There, there will be a new dawn. And understanding that there are many businesses and leaders who won't be able to survive this and open their doors, um, there are many businesses that will. And so we need to make sure that those leaders, both who won't survive and who will survive, have a good support structure around them. We need friends, family, and colleagues to get through this. And we need as many brains as possible to create a new future because a new future will require all of us to be involved. Ah, and those are the famous last words by Deanne Chatterton, who is the CEO and managing partner of Instinctive Partners um, Africa Operations. And she also heads, um, is the head of people and culture for the global business. Thank you so much, Deanne, for chatting to the Office podcast team. Um, and we do wish you the best um, during this difficult time. And we know, as you do say, that we will get out of this. We certainly hope that we will, and we know that we will. Thank you so much. Thanks, Kia, very much for your time. So there you have it, guys. Um, that was Deanne Chatterton. And thank you so much to her for making time to speak to us. It's, it's clearly not easy for everyone, guys. I think on all levels, like I said, it's, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a bit of a challenge. And Instinctive Partners is on a global level. So if they're seeing the challenges but are, you know, but are still making the efforts to communicate with employees as much as possible, check in, ensure that you know, cash flow is in place, then that's great. Um, but I don't think the same is as, or I don't think small businesses in South Africa can say the same. Um, I know that Lighten had also chatted to, you know, um, Maschaba, who 
is in the SMME sector in South Africa. And I think that is a sector that is being hit the hardest. Um, Lai, can you tell us more about how that went? Yeah, so I had a chat with um, one of the partners from uh, for Africa, Masichaba Mabilu, and she basically summed it up to the fact that, you know, the effects are still not clear at the moment, but they are, uh, they're being intentional about remaining engaged with their clients, which means uh, they are like the, they've been the first point of call for bouncing ideas as they rethink their strategies and uh, consider post-COVID scenarios. And this is like um, an impact advisory firm. So I think like what stood out about that for me was how um, it's more, more, more now than ever. Is that the right term? <laughs> but anyway, at this point, it's like more, it's been uh, very important for service providers, for suppliers and for agencies to actually give advice to their clients to bring their expertise and the clients are relying on uh, their suppliers and agencies for their expertise in this moment because I think we're having the discussion that um, not everyone knows everything. So Mm. er everyone is trying to get together to learn from each other and see how best we can move forward, especially in business, you know, in in business and also just in, in general. Yo, guys, but for me, I think the hardest thing about small businesses in South Africa is that there's about 525,000 of these businesses. And when the ministers did an update, um, sent out an update, only about 80,000 applications had come through, um, I think, for fund, funding relief. So for me, it's like, what about the people who don't have the paperwork, who don't have the, you know, the know-how to where to go to get that funding relief? I think I always think about or mama that are selling at taxi ranks on the side of the road, you know, Ebarra, pre-taxi rank, no taxi rank. Those are people that are in the informal sector. They probably don't even know how to read these documents, don't know how to write. They just, you know, one day decided to go stock up Batengisa. And this is, the, for me, I think that's the most heartbreaking thing for me, is that I think everyone else who's able to access these funding reliefs are able to do so. But what about the guys who can't? You know? Yeah, and also how many of them, the, the, the ones that actually do apply, will be able to, to get some relief? I mean, I was just thinking about my sister and, and her husband. They're both unemployed, but they have this, um, uh, it's like a, a room and a container mm. type thing in their yard where they sell quotas and all of that. They, their business has literally stopped, so they're not, they're, not, they're, not, they're not getting any income whatsoever. So, I mean... It's, 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 and I think when it, when you, when you see it, then you realize just the devastation that, that this whole yeah. thing is causing. So really, really um, sad. I don't know. And, I, and I'm also thinking of uh, even, even like even artists, they can't yeah. perform, that rely on live shows and all of that. They can't perform. But I saw now with the level four lockdown uh, uh, regulations, uh, there was something about the fact that uh, production, local productions could go back, but how do you manage, you know, how do you contain and you main, and also maintain social distancing? Mm. In those, it's really, really tough. And yeah. I think on the, on the, on the point of, of small businesses, you also have to worry about keeping your business afloat. Plus uh, the, your staff members also, the fact that do I just now focus on making sure they get paid eating into your even personal savings to, to you know, to help mm. your business. 
it's 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 really a tough tough place for 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 us to be in. Well, and some businesses have become very creative with it. So there are businesses that have been able to luckily migrate their businesses or services, you know, to digital platforms or online platforms. And like you were saying, the artists, a lot of them are taking advantage of this time to engage with their their fans or their supporters. They've got li- IG live events. Black Coffee does an IG live event. But they're not getting paid for it. That's you know what problem. I'm saying? But at least they're monetizing that engagement. There's some that can get away with it, some can't. And there's also brand partnerships that are taking place where, you know, brands are, are paying some artists or some paying, are paying influencers to still participate in campaigns that are digitally driven. So there's, there's you know, luckily there are, you know, there's a, so this is a bit of a shift. I know that doctors are also doing some consultations um, online as well. Although personally, I wouldn't do a therapy session online. I, don't, I still feel like this, I need that, you know, that engagement, that, you know, one-on-one engagement. The therapy session I would do online, it's the actual doctor consultation that I don't want to do online. <laughs> I want you to touch me and feel my temperature. <laughs> like, you know when you go see a doctor? And the doctor, you said like five minutes or two minutes, and then they write your script. I'm like, I'm a doctor. So that, you know, quality time. But anyway, luckily doctors are still open. So if you're feeling uh, any type of way, you can can still Mm -hmm. consult. And I think also we must encourage people to go get the flu vaccine, guys. Uh, I don't know if this came. I'm sure they do. Yes, they do. They They definitely do. And I think also, that is it. Um, Also, guys, have you noticed how some of the, even in travel, some of the guys are actually starting to sell redeemable vouchers. So you pay now or book now at a discounted Mm -hmm. rate and you get to stay or book at a, um, whenever. I think things are much better. So I know, you know, even after the lockdown, I'll still probably be jittery. I'm not going to travel much or go anywhere until, you know, I feel like completely it's okay for me to go around. But I definitely wouldn't mind um, buying these vouchers just so that you know we can support because it helps them with the cash flow as well for businesses and some of the restaurants are doing that as well. I'm getting SMSs, emails, so I think uh, people, a lot of people have actually come up with some nice, innovative ways to survive during this difficult time and to help pay their employees as well. Yeah, that's a, that's a plus. Yeah, so I uh, just going back to uh, what we're just, uh, to Dan's code. Like I think what's with regards to small businesses, what is going to be key is how the government um, resolves, like, uh, finds a way, rather, of uh, distributing uh, the funds. Because, like, we, you were mentioning now, it's there are a lot of people who don't have the paperwork and who are disadvantaged that they cannot, they're more than likely not to get the funds. So I think that's where the challenge is going to yeah. be, given, like, you know, our systems and our infrastructure and all of that. How is that going to be d- divided so that each and everyone, at least most people, actually benefit from it? So that's going to be a challenge. And a, and a second um, point that I had is that um, with people are getting creative about how they are, um, you know, approaching their businesses. Like especially for artists, I I was actually thinking about it last night. If the lockdown party is becoming the new club. Because, you know, like, DJs are coming in there and, you know, Channel R has been hosting this lockdown party. Maybe this is how we're going to be living, having a whole club in your house alone. So It's possible, hey. It's, it's not the same, though. I won't lie. It's not the same. Definitely not the same. But I guess it is what it is. And until they find a vaccine for COVID-19, there's really nothing we can do about it, to be quite honest. Yeah. 
And that's just a sad reality. Okay, cool, guys. So I think that brings us to the close of this conversation. Anything else that you guys wanted to mention in wrapping up? So you know what I actually wanted to bring into the conversation as well? Um, Chatted to someone in retail, because we were talking about retail earlier. And I think it's mm-hmm. been a bit of a bloodbath. Um, it's not being reported much um, in the papers or in the news flow. So I chatted to someone who's currently in retail and they actually just g- gave me a quick um, lowdown on what's currently happening in the retail sector. Um, and this is what they had to say. Hi, Office Podcast team. Things are currently hard in the retail industry. It is only day 25 of the national lockdown and my company is already sitting on 500 retrenchments. If you are lucky enough not to get retrenched, then you have to settle for a 30% salary cut. My colleagues and I are currently unemployed and you can imagine the mental and emotional stress that we are all going through. School fees, car repayments, rent, bond, food are all staring at us. The hardest part is that the entire retail industry is taking a hard knock. So we don't have a lot of options on on where to apply for jobs. So right now, we're not even guaranteed our salaries on the 25th. So we're actually living hand to mouth. Yo, now that's difficult, guys. Can you imagine if you're not... 500 retrenchments already. 500 retrenchments already. Section wow. 189 is being implemented. Yes. I was just yeah, like, you, you, you get retrenched now during this lockdown and then you can't even go look for, for a job. Oh, yeah. Who's hiring yeah. at this time? Nope. Or at least on that level, you know. So there might be people, companies, I hear there are still corporates that are still hiring and, you know, um, mm-hmm. but at that level where mm-hmm. you need people to be in store, on the ground, and no one's hiring because it's oh, not yeah, operational. Yeah. you know um and then i've been also seeing stories about people going to the or apply, calling the department of labor and finding out that the uif they actually don't have any uif contributions that have been made by their company so companies have been deducting every month for the last however many years but then now it's time to claim and they can't because they just found out that their employers have not been contributing to the uif about destiny Yo, it's actually now it's like so now it's about us finding out how do we so I was actually curious this morning, how do I find out if my employers are actually contributing to my towards my UIF? Um so maybe we I'll find that out and we can just maybe post on our social media platforms just so that we can you guys can go and find out, call the right people, email, even go back and pull out your fax machine. If yeah, but you know, I mean, as an employee, these are things you shouldn't even be worrying about. As yeah. long as you know that, that money is being deducted on your salary, on your, on your, from your salary at the end of the month, and you are doing what you you've contracted to do with that organization. Now you must also now be going to check. And checking, yeah. Doing it what seems, they're doing. It seems it's so that. Wrong. I mean, I mean, it, some really, honestly, some employers are really, really, really unethical. It's, it's yeah. disgusting. No. You know, and it's. It just speaks to what uh, Diane was saying earlier that um, times are like times like this really mm. show character of uh, managers yeah. and like yeah. leadership in general. It's like it really highlights how people will either go like the bad route or the good route. And in that way, I'm glad that we actually have um, 
uh, Cyril Ramaphosa as our president because, mm. guys, it could be worse. It could have been <laughs> worse. Yo, Trump, when I think of USA, Shane, they, they, <laughs> they're in a mess, hey? But, guys, please let, us, but please let us know your thoughts on the episode using the hashtag The Office Podcast and also tagging our handles on both Instagram and Twitter at Office Podcast SA. Um, sharing is caring. Whatever information you have that we can share with the rest of the Office Podcast family, let's share, um, you know, job apl- applications maybe that you know of. Maybe let's open that up as well so that we can share with our family. Um, and let us know what your thoughts on uh, are on the topic. Any final thoughts, guys, on the topic? No, I'm just saying, can I just go get a cup of tea quickly? <laughs> Yo, I think I also need one. <laughs> Okay, so time now for tea time. I'm so excited. Lighten is gonna distract us from all this Coco V talk. Lighten, what's happening? Hello, guys. You know, this is like the lighter part of uh, our podcast. So happy to dilute the seriousness and be just all fat and flappy so um i don't know just sticking to a little bit of comment though before i move on to spicier topics did you guys see the comments that were made by the leader of the free world donald trump about the disinfectant um, oh my God. I saw that. do you know that apart by yesterday i think uh yesterday afternoon there were 40 people in new york who had actually tried to drink bleach and um yeah so that they can cure coronavirus and i'm just like this is so irresponsible and you know what's even worse that the uh the uh, wait wait did they die no they didn't die fortunately okay yeah but um you know the other thing that um is quite irresponsible is that the u.s um surgeon general Mm. uh yeah i see the surgeon of the white house basically um is not even condemning what trump was endorsing he's just saying that um people need to remember to consult their doctor before taking any uh medication that is not prescribed or he knows if he says anything trump is gonna fire him because that one doesn't Exactly. That's the oh, he's protecting that's... his job, bruh. Exactly. But you know, going back to what I was saying earlier, I'm so glad that we have Cyril because I, I I couldn't mm. imagine going through coronavirus with Donald Trump. It's really unnerving. It's actually stressful that he's the president, and then you're also stressed about coronavirus. I just don't know how Americans are coping. <laughs> yes, yeah. I would. It's a joke, though. I actually enjoy his press briefings. If I'm up, I still watch them. <laughs> Um, guys like yeah yeah i know and also just um you know the mayor of uh new york andrew como so yeah. he's got a brother chris como who's um an um a news uh correspondent oh yes 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 yes, yes 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 and you're right. you know his wife christina has had coronavirus and their son unfortunately um, the mayor's so, wife. yes yeah the, no not the mayor's wife the, um, the brother mayor's brother's yeah. wife yes, oh, yes. Mm-hmm. chris como's wife and uh, so she did like a whole po- uh, a, a whole blog post about how she's been treating her coronavirus. Guys, it was like Gwyneth Paltrow and her Goop website. It is so oh. unrelatable. She basically said like vitamin I- IV, IVs, you know, the drips for the vitamins that, you know, the, the boosters, the immune yeah. boosters. And she's, there's also like um, a Peruvian bark. 
to the back of a Peruvian tree. And I'm just like, for the normal person, where are they getting this? Where are we going to get those things? Exactly. And considering the state of America now and how it's really, really going crazy, and you know, with like people demonstrating in Denver that they don't want to be under lockdown and, um, and predominantly white people not really care, caring to fall into um, the lockdown regulations because it's killing more black people in America than it is killing anybody. So it's just, it's, it's been crazy. And I'm actually glad that our country is one of the countries that is actually doing it quite yeah. well, reasonably well. Yeah. South Africa, again, takes the prize. Takes the prize. <laughs> and in other news, I know Kia is happy about this, Kanye West has been satisfied by Forbes um, magazine as a billionaire with Yeezy being worth, Yeezy and also I think his land being worth over 1.3 billion. Guys, that's He's not happy though. Did you see? That? <laughs> He's not happy with that 1.3 billion. He's like, uh, it's 3.3 billion, but clearly someone at Forbes cannot, you, you all at can count. Like, oh my God. But guys, that couple amuses me. Like, they amuse me to the point where I admire their their the strategy that, that couple is so amusing i think and i think what people miss a lot is I've, so the reason why i love the story is because i've been monitoring this kanye west story for a while you remember from the days when he got he went bankrupt jiggy jiggy yeah. homeboy is not mentally okay jiggy jiggy and he can't you know he can't think for himself anymore jiggy jiggy he's friends with trump Jiggy jiggy. Like a lot of it for me has all been strategic. I feel like everything that has happened between that time when he was declared bankrupt and then Jiggy Jiggy, he's now into gospel and he's, you know, he's singing and I was like, what is going on here? Because we're being played. But it was such a good strategy. I just feel like Kanye West and Kim are business people. Like those people are business people. And I know that people will mock Kim and call us stupid or whatever the case is, but I shambai shaili. Yeah, no, they are. I, I feel like, you know, did you see all the memes coming out with Chris Jenner, like pu- pushing <laughs> Kylie to the side and going to Kanye <laughs> because it's the new cash cow? <laughs> I think okay. the, you know, I, I wouldn't call him a cash cow, Lighten, because if you look at, actually, I would, I would like us to just, whoever's really interested in this thing, to read that actual Forbes article and mm-hmm. see how they are shading Kanye throughout. And it's so sarcastic. It's like they didn't, they, there was like, you know what? They, it's like they didn't even want to call him that billionaire. He's the one that actually called them and said they need this, this so, article with all of it. And yeah. So funny enough, funny man, if you mentioned that. So there's a gentleman who's become so popular. He's actually an investment banker. Um, um, and his name is Koshik. Koshik is, a, is obviously an investment banker. So he understands, you know, the realm of finance. Um, and mm. uh, millionaires, and he had broken down the oil price saga during the week. So yesterday, he also broke down and did a whole thread on um, on why we shouldn't really take these sort of lists seriously either, yeah. and how it's actually broken down. So what I'll do is on um, we we will share that. Um, I think what we'll do is we'll retweet um, and reshare that um, thread so that because it's high it's highly relatable to what um, Lilo just mentioned now as to why maybe. Forbes is throwing so much shade, but he breaks it down in a few tweets, very easy to understand, and it's almost just like, so are these lists actually even worth having? 
Exactly. But you know, I think going back to what Lelo was saying is that uh, before we wrap wrap this up, actually, is that um, it's also a different thing, right? What I find quite hilarious about this, our rap and like R&B and whatever this billionaires, Kylie Jenner, Jay-Z and Kanye, is that unlike Jeff Bezos, they do not have a billion chilling as cash. <laughs> like, it's, you exactly. know, so it's like, yes, it's like, exactly. You know, it's like there's levels to this billionaireing. <laughs> so, yeah. And exactly. they're saying that his debt alone, just looking at his debt, like $100,000, over $100,000 in debt that Kanye West is sitting with. So it's not like really he's got that one billion chilling there by the bank in case. And cash is king. Cash yeah. is king. No, that is crazy. But uh, going on to like our last two quick um, tea time stories. So I don't know if you guys have been seeing this. If you haven't been watching it, please go watch it. But Naomi Campbell has been having um, this YouTube live talk show called No Filter with Naomi. Okay, I'm actually going to it It now. is mm. so good. Um, she's doing it from home, obviously. And it she has been so good with getting guests. I've never seen guests of that caliber go back to back on any show. And wow. so it's, it's quite interesting. People have actually been saying that Naomi wakes up and like puts her contact list in a randomizer and be like, oh, today I'm going to speak to Anna Winter. Today I'm going to speak to Venus and Serena. Today I'm going to speak Paris to Paris Hilton. Hilton. Yeah, yeah, I'm seeing Cindy Crawford. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's quite like upper echelon of celebrities but also what's really great about it is that she's speaking with people that she really knows so you don't feel like you've heard that interview before because mm. with some celebrities you know you watch one interview then you've yes. heard it all mm. yeah oh, and it's like a awesome. very yeah people open up people you know it's very connecting and people so like you yeah yes, i just so checked it, it now actually it looks very cool she's got diddy there jackie Aina of um uh, Venus and Serena Williams, Anna Wintour, Paris oh. Hilton. Oh, look, look it's, a, it's a solid list. It's actually a solid oh, list. No with oh, nice. Very nice. Yeah, I'm also... So, check that out. I got the And before we go, guys, like, I just had a question. Are the celebrities still che- treat, uh, teaching our children? <laughs> I saw a headline. I didn't click on it, but I saw a headline, a news headline saying that it was cancelled. Ah, that's shame. Ah, shame. That was that was bad. Shame, man. It was so bad. It was so traumatized. (laughs) No, that was so bad, man. I I understand what they were trying to achieve, but execution was not correct. I feel bad that the execution went south. Actually, no comment. I cannot wait for this. <laughs> no I actually cannot wait for this um, influencer stage to fall off. I know. No, you don't need to use influencers for everything. And that's what people are not getting. You yes. know, everybody just wants to use influencers, use influencers, but you don't have to use influencers for everything. I think that's, that's influencers do play a role. Mm. Um, we cannot dispute that, but it's not in every fear of, you know, every sector. So just yeah. Yeah, and this is coming from an influencer yeah. herself, so you gotta, you better listen, guys. You, you better, better listen, guys. You, you better, better listen. listen. <laughs> you better <laughs> <to> use influencers <laughs> strategically. <laughs> so thank you so 
guys. It's been an awesome, really um, insightful conversation as well. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation with us. So please do follow us and on social media at uh, Office Podcast Essay on Twitter and Instagram. And let us know what other topics you'd like us to cover for you during this uh, lockdown. Even though it's, uh, you know, like this new lockdown does not have a deadline, guys. Yeah, that's a thing. So you kind of just have to roll with the punches right now. Yeah, and so the funny thing is that it can move from four to five, to five or from anytime. four to three. So we better we better act right so that it doesn't yes. go back to five. Yes, yes. act right, stay okay. home. All right, cool. Thank you so much, guys. Stay safe.